Good morning, everybody. This is Dr. Dennis Tian. This is the Dr. Football Podcast. How's everyone doing? This is the week two recap, week three preview edition. Welcome. You know, if you're a Patriots fan like me, you have so much pent up anxiety over the last several years about who's going to play quarterback for this team when Tom Brady's gone, right? Because Garoppolo leaves and he was the heir apparent for a few years and all of a sudden they're left with no successor, no, no heir apparent in place. And Brady's in his 40s and you're looking at the Miami Dolphins post Marino and the Broncos post Elway and doesn't look good. Today, or this week, we're also elated and happy and just tripping over ourselves, slapping high five and hugging each other because we found another quarterback and we're also happy about that. That I think we're forgetting one of the big points from, from the Patriots Seahawks game on Sunday night, which is their defense is a problem. The Patriots front seven is bad right now. And there's no other word or way to describe it. They got bullied on Sunday night. Bullied. Pushed around. And it's not because of injuries. And it's not because they have the talent but they haven't put it together. It's because they don't have the horses. They don't have the players. And you go play Russell Wilson in his stadium. Fans, no fans. Russell Wilson's a great player. He's going to make plays. He threw for five touchdowns on Sunday night. And as much as we all have the urge to put that on the secondary, in my opinion, the secondary wasn't the problem. I mean, they didn't play their best game. I think Gilboa has has been a disappointment so far. Jason McCourty doesn't look great. But I still think they have a Super Bowl caliber secondary. But you're only as strong as your weakest link on the football field. And this team... Their front seven is terrible. They cannot stop the running game. And you saw that. They gave up five yards of carry on Sunday night. And they got pushed around. It's just like every play. And the Seahawks only got the third down, I think, seven times in the whole game. I mean, that's frightening. I mean, you can't defend the pass. I don't care how good your secondary is. It's marginalized if your front seven is that bad. They had almost no pressure on Wilson the whole game. Couldn't stop the run. So, yeah, you give up five touchdown passes when you play a great player like Russell Wilson. But I look ahead, and this is not the Las Vegas Raiders of of six, seven years ago. This is not a 3-13 team they're playing this week. This is a tough game. And Josh Jacobs is a great back. Josh Jacobs' coach, John Gruden, compared him to Walter Payton last week. Well, that's... That's maybe a bit premature, but this guy's a talented guy. And he's one of these guys that's both fast and powerful. He's not a speed back. He's not a power back. He's both. And I'm really concerned about how they're going to stop this guy from running down their throat, running all over them. And to me, with the Patriots at 1-1, and and I hate to give up a win. I just hate to to give up a win that, that... they really should have had. Because you that can be the difference between a good season and a bad season, right? A couple plays here and there. 
but they're one on one. And they got Kansas City after Las Vegas this week. And it's hard for me to see them beating Kansas City, period. I don't care how good Cam Newton plays. Because this defense is so bad right now. And this front seven is so bad right now. So they got to find a way to win this week against the Raiders. Or they're going to be one and three. And then look at their schedule after that. They got Denver at home, who, who they should beat no matter what. And then they got 49ers, who run the ball tremendously. And Buffalo, who's got Josh Allen, a running quarterback, and two good backs. And they're in Buffalo for that game. So this is a critical game this week. And the take-home message to me from Sunday night, there were two. One is that, yes, Cam Newton can play. And yes, Cam Newton is good. And yes, Cam Newton is a better quarterback in 2020 than Tom Brady is. I, I will say that, and we'll talk about that in a second. But the bigger take-home, or the, the other big take-home, is that this defense is bad. This defense stinks. And, and they are the Achilles heel of this team, not the offense, not the passing game. We all thought the Achilles heel of this team was going to be the passing game. But we're also joyous and happy and quivering and <laughs> joy because, because Cam Newton is going to give them a passing game. He's going to give them offense this year. But we're also kind of looking over the fact that they got a major flaw on this team, a fatal flaw on this team. Now, the hallmark of a Bill Belichick coach team is what? It's a team that gets better as the season goes on. And I think one of the things that makes Belichick who he is is he finds these players that aren't that good or, but, but have the ability to become something, and he puts them in situations and positions where they become better players. And how many times do we see the Patriots look terrible in September and then they're a completely different team by November, by December, by January, when it counts? And so we can all hold out hope that that's the case here. But it just feels like it's a little harder to see that. This feels more like a Monty Beisel situation. You remember him? 2005. You know, it just seems like they got guys that really aren't NFL caliber players out there. A lot of young guys, a lot of unproven guys, a couple of journeymen. Just a lot of guys that aren't that good, frankly. And with the schedule that they have, you know, playing Baltimore, playing Kansas City, playing the Texans, Buffalo in their division, San Francisco, Arizona has a running quarterback, likes to run the ball. I think they're going to have a really hard time if, if some of these guys don't work out. So I'm worried. And I think that hard time starts this week with Oakland and with the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, you want to talk about Cam Newton's performance on, on Sunday night? I just said something. I said something that was a radical, bold thing for me to say. Something I never thought I'd say in a thousand years. But it's the truth. Cam Newton is a better quarterback right now than Tom Brady. And the Patriots are better off with Cam Newton as their quarterback in 2020 than they were with Tom Brady as 2019. And, you know, you know, if you've been listening, if you listen to the previous two episodes... That, you know, I'm kind of down on Tom. I'm taking my ball and leaving Brady. Now, I love the guy. I love him. And I'll always love him. He's our Bill Russell. He's our Ted Williams. He's always going to be my favorite athlete. But he really changed. 
he became a diva. I mean, he became a diva. Just call it what it is. And his attitude for a guy that gets up on his soapbox and talks about positivity and all that all the time. Man, he's got a lot of passive-aggressive energy and, and negativity to him. And he really brought that to the Patriots the last couple of years. And it hurt. And it got to the point where he wasn't good enough anymore to justify dealing with that. And that's why they got rid of him. But right now, Newton's a better player. Now, I watch Brady play. I've watched him play two games in Tampa Bay. And to me, he looks a lot like the guy at the end of last year. Last year, coming down the stretch, the Patriots offense was the worst Patriots offense I've seen since, since pre-Bill Parcells. And I really mean that. And I, and I would challenge anyone to go look statistically at the output they had on the offensive side of the ball. They could not drive the field. How many times in those last seven games, besides a couple garbage touchdowns in Houston, okay, and a couple, couple kind of garbage touchdowns in Baltimore, but coming down the stretch after that, those last six games, say, how many times did they drive the field and, and score and have a good drive? Not many. And, and go back and look at it. And, and when I was watching those games last year, it felt to me like the, 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 the Hugh Millen, Dick McPherson Patriots. Like, our best hope of scoring then was, was a guy named John Vaughn returning a kickoff for a touchdown. And that's what those teams felt like to me. And I'm sorry, but Brady was a big part of the problem. Every now and then, and you, you saw it again last week, he's going to throw an amazing ball. And he's going to show flashes of the Tom Brady of old. But I'm going to tell you something. That guy's gone. He's not coming back. Tom Brady's 43 years old. And and when I watch him play, the ball just doesn't consistently drive out like it once did for him. It just doesn't. He, He just, I just don't think he can consistently, accurately deliver the ball downfield under real time pressure in real time conditions anymore. And I think you see it every time he plays. And I think that's really the difference from him being a great quarterback to a good quarterback to what he is now, which is kind of an average quarterback. And if you look, if you look at him and how he's played the first two weeks in Tampa Bay, he's been bad to average, bad to average. And I know we missed a couple drop touchdown passes last week. I get it, but that's a bad Carolina team. And, 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 you know, if you were going to say who looked better against that Carolina defense, you'd have to say David Carr looked better in week one than Tom Brady in week two. And I just watched the guy play, and I can see he just doesn't quite have it anymore. Now, can you win with him? Yeah, I think the Patriots could have won with him because they would have surrounded him with a program and a team and a coaching that would have gotten the best out of him. In Tampa Bay... I, I will go on record. That team is going nowhere. And and Brady will never win a Super Bowl with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I don't even think he'll get close. Now, they may they may sneak in to that last wild card spot because they got a lot of talent on that team. They may they may make a make a um, run. And Brady still, he has the acumen. You know, he, he has the knowledge. He still can throw the ball every now and then. But consistently to be the guy, the GOAT, right? Because that's what you get. When you get Tom Brady, you want the GOAT. He's not the GOAT anymore. He's kind of an average, above-average guy, or he was last year. And frankly, the first two weeks this year, he's been bad. He's kind of been bad, or below average at best. 
they got a soft schedule the next few weeks. And, 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 and you can look and see if, if he gets through these next four or five weeks and he's kind of mediocre against the soft spot on their schedule. I mean, that's going to tell you a lot. You know, if, if they're like four and three and, and, and he's, got, he's throwing like, you know, eight, ten touchdowns and seven picks or something like that. I mean, take notice of that. Take notice of that. And I find myself rooting against him. You know why? Because I call him, Tom, I'm taking my ball and leaving Brady. And that's really what he did. He took his ball and he left for what he thought was greener pastures. And, and he's going to find that, that maybe he was part of the problem here in New England. Now, now, with Cam Newton, you see the contrast, right? You see the professionalism and the good attitude and the guy that's hungry and the guy that's buying in. And I think it's making a big difference. I think it's making a big difference for this team. And they might not be 12-4 and four this year because their schedule is just so much harder than it was last year. They lost a lot of players. They lost players in free agency. They lost players in opt-out. But, but this team's going to be fun. They're going to be 9-7, 10-6. I think they'll make the playoffs. And, and they're going to they're gonna be entertaining. And, and it's going to be fun to root for Cam Newton because Newton has come here and he's bought in. He left his diva ways in Carolina, and, and, and Brady brought him his with him to Tampa Bay. Okay, we're going to go around the league a little bit and uh, take a look at a couple of teams, a couple of quick hit observations around the league, uh, looking back and looking forward. You know, when Pete Carroll was in New England as the coach, a lot of people probably don't remember that now because that was over – 20 years ago, but there was a game in 1997. They hosted the Green Bay Packers on a Monday night game, and they were down by four late in the third quarter, and they got the ball first and goal at the one-yard line. And Pete Carroll, I'll never forget this, because he got so much crap for this from the, the Boston sports media back in the day. This was, you know, Carroll's first year, right after the Parcells breakup, People were skeptical of Carroll right from the beginning at the time because it just, he was such a contrast to Parcells. And, you know, he was just such an unusual guy with, with his methods at the time. And, and believe it or not, I think he's actually toned it down and, and toughened up a lot since then. But, but he was kind of soft when he, when he came to New England at first. And it was a critical game at, at a critical point in the season. First and goal at the one. And Carroll threw the ball four times with Hall of Fame running back Curtis Martin in the game on the sidelines. Never got him the ball once. Four straight passes. Their fourth and goal play, I'll never forget this, was a slant to Sean Jefferson, who was like a speed burner receiver, who was never a great red zone player, You know, who was, ne- who was a good receiver, but he was never a red zone target because he was just too small. And, and Carroll got ripped. He got eviscerated for this. And, you know, as I was watching the game Sunday night, and I'm watching Pete Carroll on a third and one, where you're averaging five yards a carry. You're knocking the Patriots' front seven up and down the field. They can't stop you. They can't even get to third down on most series. And all you got to do is hand the ball to Chris Carson, who's having a great year. And take the one yard. And what do you do? You overthink it. You get a little too cute. And you try to throw a 40-yard pass downfield. Well, I don't care who's the quarterback, 
who's the receiver, and what the conditions are. That's a less than 50% throw in the NFL. When you need one yard to win the game. And it's just the same thing you've always seen with Carroll. And, and I'm not saying he's a bad coach. We know he's going to be a Hall of Famer. I mean, begrudgingly, because he won a Super Bowl and he won championships at USC. And they've been competitive for years. So I have a feeling he'll sneak into the Hall of Fame, even though I'm not sure he really is that great a coach. I mean, I think he's a good coach. But it's the same pattern for him, which is he's too cute. He's too cute. And sometimes you just got to do the simple thing to win the game. And, you know, for Carroll, you go back to Super Bowl 49, right? It's the same thing. Too cute. And, you know, it's something that you've seen from him from his career again and again and again. It's just, it's just you know, sometimes the simple thing is the right thing to do. Now, other side of the coin... You know, you look at the Patriots on their fourth and one play in that game. And that was maybe a little too simple. So, yes, there's some happy medium there. But but when you're averaging five yards a carry and you've had no trouble running the ball all night and you need one yard to win the game, you should probably run the ball. And if you decide you want to throw the ball because you feel like they're going to stack against your run and you you think your odds are better because you got the best quarterback, the best player, in the NFL as your quarterback and Russell Wilson. And if you listen to the podcast, you know everyone's saying it now. I've been saying it for for, for years in all the last year that he is the best player in the league. But you want to throw the ball because you think that's your best bet to get that yard? Then by all means, that's reasonable. But don't throw a 40-yard, 30-yard pass downfield on a on a drag route that, that's going to hit 30 40% of the time. I mean, this isn't a Hollywood movie. This isn't Remember the Titans or... You know, varsity blues. I mean, this is a NFL. This is real life. Get your yard, Pete. Get your yard and go home. Carroll opened up the door. The Patriots stealing that game. The Patriots should have won that game. And it would have 100% been on Pete Carroll if they had. You know, they were one yard away from stealing that game. And it was really, it should have never, ever, ever even gotten to that point. But that's Pete the Poodle for you. And, and as, as much as... You know, I'll begrudgingly have to accept the fact that he's going to be a Hall of Fame coach simply because he's been around for so long and simply because he won a Super Bowl and he's become part of the the lexicon and the story of the league for a generation. And and I get it. You know, he's going to eke his way in there. I mean, you saw in that little thing right there what, what, what really separates him from a guy like Belichick. And, and it's just very simple. He, he's a little too cute. Want to go to New Orleans next? Where, if you listen to the podcast last week, you heard me say what the Achilles heel of the New Orleans Saints is, you know. And, and, and that is Drew Brees. I said earlier in this episode that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will never win a Super Bowl with Tom Brady as their quarterback. And I am so confident of that because I, I just see – Brady's game. He's, he's just not the same player and there's too many problems with that franchise. But as bad or as average as Brady has been and as in decline as he is, I mean, not enough talk was given after that week one game about how how bad Drew Brees was. And he was bad again this week against the Raiders. And I think with Brady, 
he still has that pop in his arm. He just, as I said, he doesn't quite deliver it downfield quite as well, and he's losing a little accuracy downfield, and I don't think he loves getting hit anymore, whether he'll ever real, whether he even realizes it or not, right? But for Breeze, it really is a little simpler. His arm is, is just not that strong anymore. He's lost arm strength. And arm strength was, ne- was never his game anyways. But he's quickly approaching the point where, look, if you can't get the ball downfield, period, okay, it's going to cause a lot of problems for you. I mean, defenses are going to pick up on that. And they're going to flood the things that you can do. And they're going to stop the things you can do and challenge you to beat them downfield. And and that's exactly what you saw on Monday night with the Raiders. That's exactly what they did. And I, I think of that interception that Breeze threw on that pass over the middle. And, and the ball didn't have a lot of velocity on it. But it was an intermediate route. And that linebacker was there. And I see things like that. And I'm just like, you know what? They don't, they're flooding the middle of that field. They're flooding those short passes. They're taking away those Alvin Kamara screens because they don't think that, that Drew Brees can beat them downfield anymore. And you know what? They're right. And, and, and as much as I'll say, I don't think the Buccaneers are ever going to win a Super Bowl with Tom Brady. I'm starting to get to that same question with the Saints and Drew Brees. And, and, and don't forget, they got Jameis Winston as their third string quarterback. And supposedly they love Taysom Hill. And I think it's going to be real interesting to see as the year goes on. I mean, the Saints are a great team and they're going to win games. Because they are a well-built team. They're well-coached. they got a lot of good players on that team. But as the season goes on, okay, if they're losing games, if they're, if they're missing that key element to their game, if they just can't get that ball downfield, is Taysom Hill going to have, have his chance? If they love Taysom Hill so much, they paid him a lot of money. They paid him a lot of money. They're not paying him to be a, 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 a third-string quarterback in a special teams guy and an and H-back, you know, comes in for novelty trick plays, they're paying him because they think he's the quarterback of the future and they want to keep him. Well, if that's the case, it's going to be time this year for Taysom Hill. And, and don't forget, too, they also have Jameis Winston. And actions speak louder than words. What, what does it tell you? They re-signed Taysom Hill and they brought in Jameis Winston because they saw this coming, too. And one of those guys is going to play quarterback for the Saints at some point this year. And I will be interested to see which one it is because I just think, to use a TV expression, I just think Breeze has kind of jumped the shark. I just, he's, a, he's a great player, and you're probably still going to be able to win in some situations with him. But but I think when you get in those real tough games and, and against even decent defenses, Breeze is going to, Breeze is going to struggle. And that same team's going to struggle. And you saw it right in week one because they should have won that game by, by 30 points the way the Buccaneers played, the way Brady played. And they couldn't put them away. And you saw it again on Monday night. I want to take it to New York. One of the things I was wrong about last week was I told you, look, I I, I was very outspoken that the Jets are, are absolutely one of the worst teams in football. And I don't, I just don't get the Sam Darnold thing. I just don't understand why anyone thinks he's going to be a good quarterback. You've seen the guy now for like two plus years, and I don't know what he does that's special. I haven't seen him do much. He, he's okay, but remember, this is the quarterback error at the NFL. I mean, a below-average quarterback can throw for 20 touchdowns and 14 interceptions, right, and 3,500 yards. That used to be a good season. 
So I watch him play, and I just don't see what's special about him. I don't see what he does. I don't see him elevating the 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 the, the, the players around him. I don't see him being one of these guys that you know what that team's not that great, but Sam Darnold gives them a chance because he's a really good player. I don't see that for him. I see I see a guy that's really not that good, and and and, and really doesn't affect those around him that much in a, in a, in a positive way anyways. And I'm wondering what exactly is his game anyways? Is he a drop back passer? Well, he doesn't throw the ball that well. Is he a mobile guy? No, he's just kind of average across the board. But, but even I, okay. Thought that they would play okay against San Francisco this week. Boy, was I wrong because the jets are awful. And I, I get it for some reason, a sick pleasure in watching the Jets, not just lose, but like lose embarrassingly. There's just something about that franchise and their fans and, and the whole thing and, and the enmity they have towards the Patriots and Brady for years. And it just makes me love watching them flounder. But last week, you know, they came out in the second half of that game. They got a big break early. They scored a touchdown on a fumble. I think it was Garoppolo or one of the Niners fumbled in and, and they, and they got a touchdown. So they're back in the game. It's like 24 to nine and, and they got a third and 40 for the 49ers and a third and third and 31. And the Jets give up a 50 yard run on a toss sweep. It's just like, this is the perfect metaphor. This is the perfect epitome for that franchise. Give it up a 50 yard run on a third and 30. I mean, that is the New York Jets embodied. In one play, you know, that and the butt fumble, that and the butt fumble. Those are the two plays that are the perfect metaphor for what the New York Jets franchise has been. And, and, and I thought, you know, yes, they're one of the worst teams in the NFL, but at least had some respect that they would be a somewhat competitive team. And you know what? They may they may not be five and eleven. I said last week they were like a five and eleven. They were like a six and ten. They might be like a two and fourteen. They might be like a three and thirteen. They might be Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. And I'll tell you what, if that is the case, if they get that number one pick, and they don't take them because they because they got Sam Donald, that just shows you how screwed up a franchise they are. I want to go to the Oakland Raiders. Everyone loves, they're now the Las Vegas Raiders. I'm going to call them Oakland 5,000 times. Everyone loves to dump on the Raiders. Everyone loves to make a mockery of John Gruden because, you know, he was on Monday Night Football and he's outspoken and he's kind of quirky and he's kind of intense. He's kind of a parody or caricature of himself. I'll tell you, watch out for that Raiders team. I still think Gruden can coach football. You know, I still think he's a good coach. And they got a lot of talent on the offensive side of that ball. So, you know my feelings this week. I think they're going to give the Pats a tough game. But moving forward, I think they're going to be competitive in that AFC West. I want to go to Philadelphia. You look around and you see all these teams that have bad coaches and bad coaching, right? You see, you know, Dan Quinn blows 30-point lead again. Uh, Bill O'Brien, um... You know, Matt Patricia, just, I don't know how they brought that guy back for another year. The Eagles are 0-2 this year. And it looks like maybe Carson Wentz is a dilemma at quarterback. I mean, if you listened 
last year, you know, early in the year, I was really down on Wentz. And he really played great coming down the stretch last year. I had said the Eagles might be a better team with Nick Foles and Carson Wentz. And my question was, what does that say about Carson Wentz? If you're if if you're supposed to be a franchise quarterback and the team you play for is better with the other guy, the backup, what does that say about you? And then he proved everyone wrong coming down the stretch and getting the Eagles into the playoffs with not a lot around him last year. Well, now, you know, they're 0-2 again. And I think people are really down on them. But let me tell you, they got a great coach in Doug Peterson. Don't give up on that Eagles team. Even if they're 7-9, if they have a bad year this year. If I'm an Eagles fan, don't forget how lucky you are that you have Doug Peterson as your coach. Before you go running them out of town this year, if, if they do have a 6-10 and 10 type 7-9 and nine year and they don't recover, don't forget. I mean, you, you're, you, you could have a Matt Patricia. You could have a, a, a Dan Quinn. There's, there's a dozen just awful, awful football coaches out there. Doug Peterson isn't one of them. You know, the quarterback might be a problem. I, I think it's still up in the air. But at least he got the coach. 